Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Jakku Broadcast. Um, I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And today we have a special guest to talk to us about, you know, the, our favorite um, sad boy slash supreme leader, <laughs> Kylo Ren. <laughs> wet, wet sad he's boy, sad, yeah, that's Anthony right. Carboni says. Yes, he's been, <laughs> he's been wet like three times in three movies, right? Oh, yeah. sorry. Let me introduce our guest. Our guest is Mary Claire Gold of the What the Force podcast. Hi. Ooh. Thank you for welcome. joining us today, and welcome to Jakku Broadcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be on this. Uh, you've had both Ty and Matt on, so <laughs> two of my like favorite people. So uh, yes, we're I'm... finishing the. We're getting the trio in our <laughs> the holy podcast. trinity. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, so we're gonna. <laughs> Uh, talk about Kylo and Mary Claire actually had a really interesting quote uh, to introduce us from the book the what's what's the book Star called Wars, again? The Magic of Myth and I recently picked it up it's written by Mary Henderson and it was part of the Smithsonian Institute's Star Wars uh, exhibition on oh. you know how myth and uh, Star Wars kind of overlap and uh, they had a companion book that came out with it, and so this came out in nineteen, or sorry, nineteen ninety seven. So oh wow, yeah. So it's like the original uh, published meta on how Star Wars is myth. <laughs> so I've got That's, all the receipts. You um, got all the receipts mm. from the very beginning. From the well, I mean, it's been modern myth since. Uh, Lucas picked up a copy of A Hero with a Thousand Faces and read it and then incorporated it directly into the script for A New Hope following the archetypical themes that Joseph Campbell outlined in that book. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's just really important to remind and and set our expectations about, you know, what are we talking about? What are we exploring? And this quote is actually, well, let me let me just count here. It's the second page. Throughout history, humans have told each other stories to share their experiences of the world, to explore ways of dealing with life's problems and adventures, and to try to fathom the deeper meaning that underlie daily life. Some of these stories have become myths with the potential to guide and inspire generation after generation of those who see and hear them. But what is a myth? What is magical about it? And how has Star Wars come to represent one of the greatest myths of our time? Wow. It's good. <laughs> it's so good. And you know what? I'm so happy that, you know, throughout, because obviously this, this book came out like in the 90s, and, uh, you know, it was mostly about the original trilogy, as you said. But I'm really mm -hmm. happy that even throughout, after that, like, through the, the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy, those themes of, like, myth and continuing on that story of telling these myths through, like, modern st storytelling has continued on. You know, because I, I feel like it could have been easy for, you know, them to kind of, you know, stray away from this kind of theme and just kind of do their own thing. But I really like they've, they've continued this you know, with myths yeah. and everything. Yeah, like, uh, obviously, Campbell is um, 
fundamental to star wars like i feel like right. it's the building block of um the whole franchise and i think that's also even though you know most storytelling kind of follows a hero's journey but i think star wars goes above and beyond like other popular franchises that right. are happening mm -hmm. and that's what separates it that's what kind of makes it a little bit more um special to me at least um i know you guys probably agree um and yes. it's yeah. just like it's kind of smart storytelling where you actually learn about yourself and your relationship to the world as you think deeply about the story. And of course, you don't have to think deeply about the story and it is still an enjoyable um, two and a half hours of your time. But I think I found that like really looking deeply at these characters really kind of, um, it changes my perspective on like, the world in a sense mm -hmm. not that um you know it's just easy to think in the lens of star wars and then how you see you live your life and how you act and you're like oh i see myself in kylo ren and that's <laughs> what we'll be talking about today well not it's not a I, therapy I session a, for me <laughs> I, well this might turn into one um i have another quote actually but i don't have Ooh. it off the top of my head but joseph campbell says in the hero with a thousand faces that the collective unconscious creates myth and our dreams are our own personal myth. Oh, so that's how these things are interconnected. They are in some ways the same myth is the dreams of our society and our dreams are our personal myths. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just very deep, you know, it's enough yeah. to to, yeah. to make you go, is it really this? And <laughs> and like, and get like kind of scream facey a lot. Uh, right. Insert scream face emoji. Yeah, it's enough to kind of drive you crazy for a while. I have experienced that personally. Yeah. Trying to explore this and deep dive into what this all means. You know what part of Star Wars really drives me crazy? And Matt, <laughs> if you're listening, which you probably are, you know this because I've gone into your, uh, I've messaged you a million times about this, but Mortis and the whole choice versus um, destiny and oh, yeah. what the force is controlling, all of that stuff just makes me like, like my mean, head if it's explode. All, if it's all fate and it's all predestined, how do we have choice? How do we have personal will? Mm-hmm. How do we have, have control? Even whenever George Lucas is talking about this, he says that you have a destiny, but you have the choice to go on that destiny. And it's like, okay, I see what you're saying, George Lucas, but how do you know if you're heading, like even as you're watching the story, how do you know that these characters, for example, let me use Anakin. So mm -hmm. Anakin fell, but was that his destiny or was that... Palpatine. Oh, I have an answer for you. Oh, gosh. Was that Palpatine <laughs> just manipulating him and steering him off his destiny? So okay, so, so you have to yeah. you have to kind of view the Force and the destiny of the Force. What is your destiny, and what is you know what is the Force telling you is your destiny? Kind of how the Greeks viewed the fates. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Theater of War, the Brian Dory's book about the program that he ran for the military to bring Greek tragedies to the military as a means of healing from, uh, you know, 
PTSD, but also the invisible wounds of war. Uh He covers kind of what fate is. And the best description that I've heard of, you know, fate or the force is actually when you apply it to physical things that you are born with. Me, as an example, I have the fate of having asthma. I have it come up when I run into cats or dogs or when I (laughs) run, (laughs) right? Some people have type 1 diabetes from being born. It is their fate to have diabetes and potentially die at a young age, right? From that, Mm -hmm. if they do nothing to prevent the diabetes from happening, it will kill them. It will slowly eat away at their body and break it down. But if you, you know, eat well, exercise, you know, basically manage yourself, it is, that's the will. The choice on how you live, knowing what your fate is, is the free will in the force. Yes. Hmm. So I'm going to try to move the episode towards Kylo. (laughs) So he has a destiny. He does. It's still up in the air. But we're going to start with his origins. So whenever he was born in, I think, one of the aftermath books or one of the books that they released um, some time ago, they talk about how his defiance will shake the stars. So I think that's really interesting because, okay, so we're going to go through this episode going through three themes um, that pertain to Kylo Ren's journey so far. And uh, we chose his potential in terms of like the positive side, like he has all this potential to do so much good. And then also he had the potential to also fall and all the things that are there in between. And then his duty. So whenever he says, um, show me grandfather and I will finish what you started. What exactly does he mean by that? And how does that change uh, as he meets Ray, who has changed everything for him, I mm-hmm. think. And also his um, the hope that's still in Kylo. I think through the whole story, all through all three, actually, I can say three because the marketing materials have been heavy on the sun imagery and all three movies have really gone out of their way to show us how um kylo is the sun so even what comes to mind is whenever uh haldo tells poe what does leia always say hope is like the sun if you only believe in it when you can see it you'll never make it through the night and i think that's really interesting because here i think of sun as s-o-n and it what is Leia not see her son because he is masked and if she only believed in him when she could see him you know she would never survive or go on or have the strength yeah. to go on but yeah so those three are the topics that we kind of want to go um, look the lens and through which we look at Kylo slash Ben all right so I think we could get us started with talking about the potential so uh melissa do you want to go ahead and talk about his origins and that stuff yeah so our our little boy ben (laughs) before he was even born um it's really interesting how um leia actually felt you know this dark presence in the womb um and it was actually in the empire's end book that came out where 
Leia actually feels like this dark presence or something is going on in her womb where she says, um, she sees, she says, who is out there? Who is watching us? Hands reach for her, hands of shadow lifting her up, reaching for her throat, her wrists, her stomach inside. The child kicks. She feels her baby turning inside, right side up and down, struggling to find his bearings, trying so hard to find his way free of her. The baby, and this is a different quote, the baby turns inside her again, troubled by something she cannot feel and cannot yet understand. So here Leia is um, pregnant with Ben, and she already feels something influencing her child right in the very beginning. And, um, you know, he it's kind of creepy now that now that we know that Palpatine has been involved somehow. <laughs> it's even more creepy thinking about when 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 she says like hands reach for her hands of shadow lifting her up reaching for her throat that's just way more creepy now that i read it again yeah like i think we all were thinking that this might have been snoke but now i'm like okay so we know that the who has it out for the skywalkers the most of anybody <laughs> in the entire galaxy far far away i think there's only one person and it's the main big bad that they have to face and so i'm thinking it was palpatine and i think snoke just kind of also came in later also but um yeah no this is really creepy like it's so scary like to think that he must have felt suffocated by the darkness that Leia was also feeling at that time yeah and like uh, one of the there's like a really great quote in the last Jedi novelization about when Luke is looking into Ben's dreams and all he's dreaming about is the galaxy on fire and Jedi dying and Mm -hmm. just like basically destruction and it's like I don't think that this kid and I'm going to call him a kid because that's how he's written. He's written as like a 13 to 16 year old kid, um, yeah. even as a grown ass adult, because he kind of stops aging at a certain he age. He was like 22. He was like 22 when he fell, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like 23 uh, or something, I believe. Because he's 29 yeah. in The Force Awakens. And that was six years after he fell, I believe. It's five ish. Well, five? Okay. so so. Bloodline is five years before The Force Awakens, and Leia has lost contact with him at that point, and mm-hmm. Luke. Um, so we don't really know, but I, the general estimate is five, six years. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he is a kid, and can you imagine growing up and having, you know, both the expectations of your parents who are, and the society around your parents who consider these people to be heroes you know and um i recently met a a lovely lady who's also a raylo and she identifies with ben a lot because her mother actually was a very famous singer growing up and she had all of these people that wanted to get close to her and get to know her for the sake of getting closer to her mother can you imagine Mm -hmm. like growing growing up with with that like you know who can you trust yeah exactly yeah like maybe he was invited to a birthday party you know on on hosnian prime (laughs) or you know on chandrilla and they only invited him because of who his parents were yeah and i think that's also a 
part of his whole life where he's royalty. Like he might not have a title, but he's royalty in both the Jedi sense and in the way that the galaxy has yeah. been run. Like his mom was behind the rebellion and she was and a his, huge his uncle is is a <laughs> mythic godlike figure. Can you imagine oh, trying man. to live up to either any of those general solo you know leia organa you know the rebellion like mastermind and luke skywalker the literal demigod on this plane and then on top of that your parents you are this person who the whole galaxy they don't know you but they put all these expectations on you and then you see that your parents are also putting all of these expectations on you just based on the fact that there's some darkness like i believe there's a quote where han and leia i think kylo hears them talking like behind closed doors or something about him Mm -hmm. so even and then he obviously gets sent away with luke whenever his force powers are um you know manifesting and he they want him to control them and they want him to obviously find peace they don't send him away maliciously but they think that that's what's best for him and i again we don't know too much about his origin story but i can imagine that that must have been so like i don't know not it's not like a betrayal but it's kind of like oh so you just guys don't want to deal with me anymore no it it, it's a betrayal because he doesn't know the reason that they are acting the way that they are acting he doesn't know the full truth he doesn't know that darth Vader (laughs) is his grandfather Mm -hmm. and leia is thinking who leia has not dealt with the the and and we see this very clearly in bloodline right when when the truth is known and and her dealing with her own feelings on the subject and her own darkness especially like she deals with the hut slayer stuff um in in the book too but he doesn't know the reason they whisper so if you don't know why your parents are talking about you in a particular way you don't know that family history that family shadow you're going to assume it's because they don't like you they don't trust you that's just basic psychology that that he would take that on and feel more alone yes and i think it's confirmed in the force awakens whenever leia and han they're talking about ben and even han has given up on ben he's like there's too much vader in him and i feel like obviously i mean you can pick up the vibes of your parents like i know that even when they're trying to hide something you you know them so well that i mean some not all everybody but obviously i i I know my parents so well that i can pick up on whenever they're having their moods or whenever they're feeling some kind of way but i feel like even ben he's probably like aware that his dad's probably not connecting with him for a reason like i think han thought that because han didn't have the force that ben and him could not connect that way and i think it's stated somewhere there's so many little details that have been like dropped in different canonical material but um i think this was in last shot actually yeah but um and 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 um yeah also han in last last shot was worried about being a good father and he didn't he didn't feel like he had the ability to be a good father in general because of his past so his own 
you know, baggage and the things that he brought mm -hmm. to the table were getting in the way. And he felt like Leia might be better off without him. Right. Like that, you know, but then last shot really did a good job of like bringing him back to the, to the forefront, making him realize. And at the end, at least we see that he is trying, he's trying to make a go of it. But can you imagine being a force user and going through puberty? Like, <laughs> like I can't even, I just can't even imagine it. And especially like not knowing all of the family history. Right. Because the thing, the thing is about, especially, so um, before the show started, Daniel and I were just chatting about a little book on the human shadow by Robert Bly. And one of the things Bly brings up in that book that's just exceptional is the fact that it's not just personal shadow that we carry around with us. It's also family shadow. It's also community shadow. It's also country shadow. It is the shadow that we carry, which is the baggage, the stuff in our subconscious that we don't want to look at because we're kind of too ashamed or we don't have the mental ability, power, you know, stamina to to figure out what to do with um, is there. And one of the Skywalker family shadows is the fact that Darth Vader was Sky was Anakin Skywalker. Nobody knew that. Right. Nobody mm -hmm, in right. the galaxy. And so Luke, Leia, and Han carried it with them, and it was a secret. Right? Mm -hmm. I think he, that's so... Okay, in terms of the whole galaxy-wide thing, the fact that nobody knew that means that nobody can, like, truly move on from everything that happened with Vader. I'm not saying that the Skywalker family deserves to be punished, but there's some reconciliation... How do you say that word? Reconciliation. <laughs> reconciliation yeah. that has to be done. It's kind of like the United States in terms of, like, their history with race relations. Like, nobody's mm -hmm. ever gone out of their way to try to reconcile with the people we've harmed so it's yeah. something it's that just we've kind all, of we're pushed always away and buried you know it, they never deal with it they never deal with vader and who he really and it, was and if you ignore the shadow yeah if you ignore the shadow it grows and then in terms of family yeah, exactly they never, like they never dealt grows. with the the empire you know itself as they they set up the new republic and never mm -hmm. dealt with the remnants and that's where i think that the mandalorian which is starting yes. right away um will be very interesting because it is set just on the edges of the galaxy the outer rim uh where the new republic is not so it's this weird mix and there's a character that's actually an Empire general who's going to be one of the, the main guys. He's the dude from um, Breaking Bad. The guy There's that... a former moth. Yes. Yeah, there's it's a former him. moth. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's just going to be really fascinating because you're going to get a lot of... I, I get a lot of Western feel from what we've oh, seen yeah. so far. With yeah, I saw the TV the spots and they definitely yeah. Western. And Western's covered like the the change between um you know especially during from the civil war and like the the side that lost and the side that won and you know what happened to these soldiers that say still believed in whatever this cause is especially the union 
and where did they go? They couldn't really kind of stay where they were. So they tried to find new locations to be. And so they went yeah. west, you know. And Yeah, it's all dealing with the unknown. And whether it's like nationally, like Bly says, or with familial or just within yourself. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stories that are told that stay with us are things that deal with these kinds of things and I think it's interesting that so many people ask questions like okay so now we have a new republic and they're being destroyed and it's the same as the original trilogy and I think that's the point the point is that it was never dealt with and I think it's mm-hmm. interesting I mean, like you said oddly there was a world war Two. yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean literally a, like a few years later <laughs> like yeah I mean you know they had 10, 10 years ish of peace and then, yeah, World War Two, right? Ugh. Yeah. Imagine. I don't know. I just I can't imagine living during that time and having two world wars like happen. And I'm like alive. It was traumatizing for yeah. those generations. Like they've lost whole generations of families. Obviously, in terms of of the Holocaust, but and also in terms of war, like. Europe was disseminated I think that's the word uh, it's completely destroyed after World War One. they were terrified to go into World War Two. Mm-hmm. that was a main concern I think losing a whole generation of your family once again everybody losing their sons and everything and I think going back to Star Wars that's something that we see again like I mean it just shows like you, the US didn't actually enter World War Two until um, the yeah, bombing until of Blade we got Harbor bombed. because yeah you know there was this hesitation they were like you know it's over there yeah i I don't affect us i don't want this again i don't want to i don't want to have to go through this again and that's totally understandable like i'm i i'm you know war is horrific up until we got bombed was whenever we decided that it's time to go and then it became personal right then yeah yeah go you know instead um, of for the greater good but anyway, mm-hmm. back to Star Wars and back to Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> all these things in the galaxy, even if they're not directly impacting him, are actually directly impacting him. Like, for example, right. how the galaxy didn't deal with all their issues because that trickles down to his family who did not deal with the issue of Darth Vader. Like, I think Kylo, if he understood that... Um, everything about Anakin Skywalker and maybe Leia Leia definitely did not want Mm -hmm. to try to understand everything about Anakin and but if they had dealt with it as a family I think obviously he would have been in such a much healthier place and this whole story wouldn't have to be told (laughs) yeah there's a lot of like communication that should have went on from the very beginning you know especially with their son you know back to the concealment Mm -hmm. aspect of it like that's the whole problem with the tr- the prequels, wasn't it? It was like um, they were hiding their marriage. Uh, Anakin and Obviously, Padme, yeah. Obi-Wan and Anakin were being separated, so they couldn't directly communicate. Like, And then on top of that, Anakin didn't trust Padme to say that whenever she was like, I'm with you. Like, But anyway, just basically concealing anything from your loved ones and your family, I think is always ends up in a bad it'll always come out yeah it'll eventually come out but in the wrong way you know obviously and then mm-hmm. in the way that will um benefit palpatine basically <laughs> yeah yep as the as the manifestation of 
the darkness within ourselves yeah yeah and i think obviously there's always that's why there's always this running gag between the star wars fandom where we're like okay so the skywalkers just need therapy (laughs) (laughs) they need families and individual therapy it is a family drama right like that's yeah that's the point it's a soap opera in space and yes if we didn't have these these challenges where people get it wrong and i think that that's like one of the things that like fans are like weird about sometimes uh where they're like oh people need to make the right choice at all the right times it's like well that's not really realistic is it it's not realistic and it's boring no it's not yeah, relatable. It is boring right yeah yeah what so soap opera, opera or make... telenovela ever has something go right exactly <laughs> exactly and people have character flaws and people have past baggage that they haven't uh, sorted out and part of the fun is watching them figure it out while they're on screen and and suffer for their mistakes too a little bit right like that's part of that is people suffer in in star wars they they genuinely suffer and i think that They've done a very good job of reminding us how much Darth Vader is suffering <laughs> in oh, the yeah. last years with the comics, with Vader. Especially like the comics. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He is not a happy boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> so much like Palpatine or much like Anakin and Palpatine at the end of the Revenge of the Sith novel, we have a new we have a solicitation for the new um uh, Rise of Kylo Ren comic for mm-hmm. by Charles Soule and it's coming out in January but basically the gist of it is the fact that um Ben thinks that Snoke is his only friend and it's <laughs> there you go it's history repeating itself so <laughs> yeah I'm going to pose this question to you guys which I think we kind of already have answered but um so was there any hope for Ben Solo not to fall to become Kylo Ren in terms of all the resources he had and everything, was there any chance that he would not fall? Um, mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> that's a good a, question. That's a hard question. I Just think be, that if, yeah. Go if, ahead. Luke, mm, if Luke had not been, uh, Luke had not still been processing the, the experience with his own father, maybe. If he had been yes. more compassionate. Because then Ben wouldn't have felt he needed to go elsewhere. If his mother had still mm-hmm. been, you know, with him. If he had been able to be still, you know, with his parents. Right? Separation from your family in those situations. Sometimes unavoidable. But, right? If he had had his family support network, I think he wouldn't have fallen. Which is funny because this is exactly the same. You could say the same thing about Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't yeah. learned anything, especially been... when he got torn from his mother. You know, when he left mm-hmm. to go with Qui Gon. It's been fifty-six years, and we haven't learned and it's anything. The same problem. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, oh my goodness! I think um, you know, in terms for Ben, I feel like even if he did, considering all the flaws that you know Han and Leia have. And, Mm -hmm. you know, not being the most perfect parents, um, you know, I feel like even if he did stay with his parents, I feel like Snoke or, you know, if it was Palpatine the whole time, I feel like either way they would have used whatever they could to, or they could have used it to their advantage, whatever happened, uh, if he did stay with them. Like, he would have turned anyway, I think. And I think in some Mm -hmm. way, 
it's 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 diving into the whole fate thing again i think with the force i think it was his destiny to fall oh do you want to read um the quote adam gave about um, yeah han and leia yeah he adam talks about being a kid yeah you know as the son of han and leia who he says um in Star Wars, as the son of these two religious zealots, meaning Han Solo and Leia, who can be conceived as being committed to this religion above all else, above family. So, yeah, like I said, um, they put their own causes above Ben, um, you know, thinking it's for the greater good, you know, because they had to, you know, repair what the Empire had done. And in turn, they kind of, you know, obviously neglected their son. So that's why I think even if Ben did stay something would have happened and you know snoke or palpatine or whoever would have turned it against han and leia and you know convinced ben to come over to the dark side but like i said i think it was always ben's destiny to fall and i think it's also in a way you could argue against this but i think it's in a way of the force balancing itself um kind of the same way that anakin fell you know Mm -hmm. to kind of balance itself and it's this whole like balance system you know it kind of tips one way the force has to rebalance it tips the other way the force rebalances it so it's you well, know I, it goes go ahead yeah I sorry view go it, ahead. i i view it more like um and this ties to like ring theory but also mm-hmm. kind of to the to the hindu concept of samsara the whole point of going through the cycles of samsara and the rejuvenation and working through the endless reincarnation cycles is Mm -hmm. so that each reincarnation and each try at solving the problems is getting you a little bit closer to the truth and how to actually get closer to the resolution and in some ways I feel the force almost like (laughs) running scenarios with different people and different factors it's almost like that (laughs) like you (laughs) know Like, maybe we'll try this again. And yeah, I do think that it was it was almost inevitable for almost entirely inevitable for Ben to fall to the dark side because he is fulfilling the shoes that Anakin left behind, finishing what he started. Mm-hmm. Um, and the force is like, yep, you you gotta you gotta understand what it was like to be. How how isolating and how lonely the dark side actually is. Actually, to um, go off of that point, listening to you talk, actually, you know how you said that these people, like the force wants these people to like, there's a goal for these, uh, if you think about it in, I guess, reincarnation or ring theory. But I think their personal choice is what leads them to where they are, which means that the force isn't, perfect like the force isn't completely controlling every single person there's things that could be manipulated which is what palpatine Mm -hmm. obviously has realized Mm -hmm. so i guess they do have free will and stuff because they make their own decisions and stuff even though that might also be their destiny i'm not sure (laughs) i'm back to being confused (laughs) i thought i was so like i i got i figured it out and then i realized oh wait no (laughs) it's okay i i really enjoy thinking about this because i end up thinking about like real world situations like do we have mm-hmm. a fate do we have destiny i think we do but i also i think we have free will because we all make decisions that can lead either way but yeah so well and and fate also is like 
the expectations of our society on us too right Mm -hmm. and in some ways to make the world a better place we have to upend those societal expectations too and work against them and then in terms of kylo's fall so um he fell Mm -hmm. and he went to snoke and i think he ended up believing that that's where he had to be this is what he deserved this is what he where he belonged and i think that's indicative in whenever ray she sees him as a creature in a mask and then well at that point he's kind of like no i'm not and he takes off his mask and he's like hey i am here what's up and uh, <laughs> and then in the last jedi they have the same conversation kind of and ray is like i know everything i need to know about you and then kylo's like you do ah you do and then ray there and she's like you're a monster and then he's like yes i am like i am a monster and then that's when ray realizes that wait he's actually not a monster <laughs> like each of those times with the mask being taken off she realizes oh wait he's not a creature in the mask and then when she calls him a monster she realizes because uh, he says he is but ray can see his you know she can feel people well, she can't feel people's like emotions like but she knows how to read people because mm-hmm. um so she knows how to read people and she can see she can see the pain in him at that moment and that makes her see him in a different way that she He's hadn't humanized. previously. So it's kind of, it's a constant learning experience between the two of them. They have to, you know, they're getting to know each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're getting there. But yeah, I think yeah. Um, when, you know, each time Ray kind of sees Kylo in this, like, light of pure evil, you know, he always kind of pushes back and shows her that, He's actually just like a normal person who actually felt some of the same things that she has felt as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it also scares her a little bit, too. Um, You know, seeing that this is how that what she felt is the same way of how Ben felt and he fell to the dark side. So can she fall to the dark side? You know, I think some of that is in her, like wondering. I think that could be explained or touched upon in the rise of skywalker especially because we saw like a dark gray in the trailer i think there's a you know a fear in her too that she could end up going that far that he has gone yeah Mm -hmm. i want to add to that and just say like to me throughout the course of their conversations they're either pulling things from each other and just throwing it back in their faces right but yeah <laughs> what they say is literally how they're feeling on the inside <laughs> um when ray says you're a monster it's because she's afraid of the power within herself and she is projecting that onto kylo and when mm-hmm. he replies yes i am she's so confused because he's <laughs> not actually a monster and he's not behaving just back to that blight conversation about you know how you know we project on other people and when they don't behave the way that we think they they should our choices are to eat our own shadow take it back within ourselves or to get angry at that person (laughs) for not behaving the way that they should on what we expect of them and so right. she's like, you're a monster. And he's like, yes, I am. She expected him to say, well, no, I'm not. I'm going to be, you know, c- 
convincing or something you know playing into that and he didn't he just kind of owned to it but then his sad boy face yeah Um, yeah yeah. i think she was so so shocked that he admitted it so readily like yeah i know he she could see that he knows he's done wrong things and he'll acknowledge it and i think she's so shocked that you know why is he if he knows that he's a monster why is he still doing this why is he still in pain why is he staying in like why is he why is he so miserable it goes back to Daisy's quote that she gave about um, obviously how Ray feels um, about Kylo at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker or at the end of The Last Jedi. And she's kind of like, you have this family. Why? Why are you pushing it away? This isn't ver- like this isn't an exact quote, but she basically said that Ray's she doesn't understand why he has this option to like be with his family and you know turn and he rejects it completely and well not completely like there's still hope obviously but um at this <laughs> moment in time he's rejected it a few times and ray is just she doesn't understand that part of him she's like okay so you have the option of having a family which is everything that ray wants and you have the option to turn so why aren't you doing it and i think it's because this is a kind of a this is a learning experience for Ben, who is kind of on a hero's journey. And I mean, he is on a hero's journey, but we just kind of, it's a different one that we've seen, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not the same linear path. It's not linear, or it's not circular, as it doesn't yeah, go yeah. step by step by step. Because like Mary Claire, before we were also talking about, we were talking about Ben and the hero's journey. And you said something interesting that you think he starts in the underworld, right? Yeah, from what we see in the movies, he is in the underworld. He's a dead boy. He's literally like representative of a uh, person sealed within a coffin. Just yes. exactly like Darth Vader, right? So yes. um, if you actually track the full Anakin to Kylo journey, he is going to be emerging from the underworld probably at the start of Tross and seeing the last little bit of his journey. But the underworld part of the journey was all from when vader was sealed in the suit and and kylo picks it up uh at the start of uh, the force awakens literally fulfilling the same aspect of it but what's interesting is that he finds darth vader finds the elixir which is family which is love which is compassion um and that has yet to be communicated to ben to leave the underworld Yes. And I think with that, we can go ahead and move on to the next um, theme that we want to talk about, which is duty. So in terms of Mm. duty, it's when we think of it, as we said at the beginning, it's um, when Kylo says, show me and I will finish what you started to the Vader mask. So there's something that he thinks that he has to do. There's something that he's really dedicated to doing. And I think Adam Driver um this is um this is before i think the last jedi came out but he gave this quote to gq and he says so he we talked about terrorism a lot driver said talking about his discussion with directors jj abrams and ryan johnson you have young and deeply committed people with one-sided education who think in absolutes that is more dangerous than being evil kylo thinks that he is doing what he is doing is entirely right and Mm -hmm. that in my mind 
is the scariest part. So I think um, to go off of that quote, you can tell because they've done such a good job at showing medieval knights Mm -hmm. as his, um, obviously, for like his concept of his costume and his lightsaber, you can see that he's like a cross guard um, lightsaber. He, He invokes the image of a knight. And I think, Mary Claire, you've made a thread about this before. So do you want to go off of that and talk about his medievalness? Oh, there's tons. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so in general, like they have given us, he is wearing a, a bard, you know, a, um, a, a tabard, right? In when we see him for the first time, he has a very knightly, um, helmet he has his cross-guarded lightsaber which is very old school he is the master of the knights of ren which evokes certain aspects of that whenever he kneels he's kneeling in a particular way which is very knightly um he also holds to certain kind of duty and honor aspects like he has made a commitment to the first order and I think that this all kind of comes from a place of Kylo and Ben Solo trying to find, much like Ray, what is my place in all of this? What is my purpose? And this is from Ty Black. She she pointed this out to me and I'm like, oh, yes, that's what he's looking for. <laughs> he's literally looking for what Luke Skywalker finds at the end of The Last Jedi, peace and pur- purpose. Mm. He's looking for you know purpose so that he actually feels like everything that he has done has been worthwhile and peace so that he can finally rest from the pain that he's probably in he is probably in massive amounts of pain yeah and Um, i think that yeah go ahead sorry no 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 go ahead no i was just gonna say that i think that in the force awakens you see this because you know he thinks he says that he knows what he has to do but he doesn't know if he has the strength to do it and i think at that point he thought that that was going to be killing his father because he thought that you know if he goes further into the darkness which is as he's talking to the mask that's what he wants the mask to show him and if he goes into the darkness he's gonna feel fulfilled he's gonna feel like he's doing what darth vader darth vader not anakin skywalker um he's thinking of him whenever he he thinks that i guess we don't know exactly what he means by that and there could be several meanings but i think at that point in the force awakens i think he wants to be the ruler of the galaxy and i mean again it's like my interpretation of these events but and i think he thinks that if he goes further into the darkness he's gonna get everything that he wants so whenever he kills his father and he feels as john williams has it it's like torn apart he ends up being torn apart he chewy he like literally injures ben and then you see the end of the force awakens where he's like hitting himself he's like really out of like he doesn't know how he's he is not really processing anything he's just angry because he just did something that really hurt him inside he like broke him but he's also not feeling that completion that he felt he thought he would feel if that makes sense yeah Yeah, i think yeah yeah ever since ben has been young you know ever since he was little I feel like everyone has given him this sort of purpose. Like, you're supposed to be, like, the greatest Jedi. You know, Luke's going to teach you. And and then when Snoke mm-hmm. has him, like, you're going to be, like, you know, this dark side warrior. And this is what you're going to do. But 
neither has really worked out for him. So he's still trying to figure out what he's supposed to do. And, you know, right now at this moment, pre-Tross, you know, he's uh, the supreme leader of the galaxy. And so far, like the comics and everything have suggested, or even what we will see in Tross, like he's not, that's still not what he is supposed to do. Like he's going to figure out that, you know, that's not his destiny. That's not his purpose either. And he's going to, find it eventually in Tross but it's so you know interesting to see that you know he still hasn't really found himself yet the secret is you can't find purpose from without you have to find it within and he has to truly know himself to be able to know what his purpose is and because of those all of those pieces of his shadow and and his family and his uh, you know, expectations on him. He's never really been able to process who he truly is. And that's where I think having, you know, what I, there's this like quote, I have no idea where it is. Like, you know yourself truly when you can see your eyes, you could see yourself in the eyes of another person. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, and that's like the idea that you can like actually like you get close enough to somebody's eyes and you can actually see the reflection of yourself in them and i think that that's what ray is to him is that it he can see himself clearly through her eyes mm. i'm going to start crying <laughs> in the kylo comic we see him this is before he's met ray this is um i think even before The Force Awakens, but after he's already kind of been trained with Snoke, you see that he's still holding on to the legacy of Vader. He wants to finish what he started, and there he does actually finish what Vader started. The comic is so interesting because he is able to do everything that Vader wasn't able to. Like, he was able to destroy that, um, what's the beast called? Do uh, you the guys Zillow remember? Beast? The Zillow yeah. Beast, he was able to destroy mm-hmm. that without m- much bloodshed. He was able to, um, you know, I guess, uh, force that th- that those creatures to the Forced Order regime or whatever. And um, you see, well, he actually smiles there. But this is, that's what I wanted to say. Like, mm-hmm. before he meets Rey, before he has any idea, or at least that we know of in canon, of that there might be some higher purpose for him and i think that ray is that higher purpose and we'll talk about this in a second but i'm just um so before that he's very happy to be doing all these what you could perceive as evil things and because he thinks that i i'm not sure exactly how exactly how much he knows about vader's redemption but he thinks that vader was like this dude who was just trying to get control of the entire galaxy and i think before he even knows who ray is I think he's very happy to be on that path. Like, if he had not known what Ray, who Ray was before the during the events of the Force Awakens, I think a lot of things would be different. But since he knows at that point, he knows that he, his duty. He doesn't know that it's not in his mind at that moment, but you can see it as the audience. You can see that everything is changing for him because he is being pulled back into the light. And Ray's obviously her original name was Kira. That name means light. So yeah, so I think Ray is a turning point for Kylo in terms of his path, which I think is really interesting how they are tied together like this. And so yeah, so now we can go into talking about Ray and how that changes his, you know, his mind and the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. 
it's so funny how I just really love that you know when Kylo it's really interesting we haven't like you said we haven't had any canon evidence about this yet but it it seems like Kylo is very interested in this girl that shows up in the Force Awakens you know we don't know if he's had dreams about her visions or whatever um because you know he does say like what girl when the first order officer comes to talk to him about her um but Mm -hmm. you know ever since they meet right away he sees something in her that's i think familiar and Mm -hmm. um he is immediately drawn to it because i think he has in his you know maybe in his subconscious mind he hasn't really realized it yet at that point he has found somebody who could actually relate to how he feels. Because this whole time, like since he was young, um, he's really had nobody to, as far as we know, to like talk to, relate to, and who would understand what kind of you know feelings he's going through and what kind of expectations has been brought upon him. And even when you know Ray later on becomes a really pivotal and critical member of the resistance you know at least to the other members that she's the last jedi she's gonna change the war she's the you know she's their their hero and she you know in the comics even in the novels it's shown that well she doesn't know how to take this title you know of being the last jedi she doesn't know how to be what they want her to be and i think ben could really relate to that so it's it's really her showing up in his life is really transformative for him and it's, i think it's also the start of his eventual redemption but i'll let marie claire go on with her thoughts too yeah i oh gosh <laughs> it's a big one so i i tend to it's so weird star wars since i started really uh over analyzing it <laughs> <laughs> I've kind yeah. of always thought about it in deep ways, but since, you know, specifically doing the podcast, looking at other forms of fiction and other materials has helped me more to understand Star Wars than looking at Star Wars in and of itself. It's kind of like yeah. how mm-hmm. getting a new perspective gives you a different angle. And, you know, let's talk about Pride and Prejudice. Let's talk about Asian dramas and kind of the enemies to lovers trope. And the key is for the the guy going on this journey is that he starts out and he is unbelievably drawn to the woman. You think about like Darcy in Pride and Prejudice and he's like, you know, at first he's just like gosh scavenger Puh. you know like that's how he <laughs> yeah. reacts he's like uh you know she her family psh, you know <laughs> where she comes from yeah. but then he's like fascinated in pride and prejudice by her eyes and and the intelligence behind it he sees something incredibly intriguing about her and the power femininity that is expressed there and in the force awakens the the thing that ray does is surprises him mm-hmm. he, she's not doing what he wants her to do he doesn't she doesn't do what she what he expects her to do this this is common in asian dramas where the woman literally is just like, I'm here living my best life and you're in my space. 
and I'm just going to keep on doing what I want to do. And the guy's like, oh, my God, love me. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> you don't want to love me back? Like, it happens all the time. It's it's almost comical when you compare Asian dramas now to what's happening in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. It follows <laughs> the structure so closely. And what is going on is that this boy, uh, and I'm, again, boy, <laughs> is, is not fully a man. It's a journey into mm-hmm. adulthood. That's what's right. happening is that he's trying to figure out, you know, what is his purpose? What is he all about? And the woman does not teach him his purpose, but she inspires him to try and find it. That's the key is that it's not about, oh, she's going to save him or whatever. No, people people don't change for other people. Truthfully, they change for themselves. But the inspiration of wanting to be better because you see somebody else in your life that inspires you is totally valid. And that's what a lot happens a lot in these Asian dramas and specifically in Pride and Prejudice when um when Elizabeth Bennett is proposed to in the most awkward, uh, pro- you know, proposal scene until the last Jedi happens, <laughs> both are like awful, exceptionally awful. Like they did a really good job of Star Warsing up that, and you know this this awful proposal, and both turn them down because right yeah (laughs) no (laughs) rightfully so (laughs) no thank you sir um they go back and they sulk and they think about who they are and what they have become and um how much you know the words of the woman that they thought they had i don't know Ty, Ty described this once and I'm trying to find her words. Uh, the, It's like they they think they own her emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like, like they think that they have the right. And she says, no. <laughs> and then they go back and go, I am not the person I thought I was. I'm not the person yeah. I even want to be. I am not the person that even even deserves her. And yeah. then they go, well, who is that? And is that person within me? Yeah, they go back and reflect. Yeah, and that's what the that's that's the change. And these are the trials that that these people need to go through. And that that hey. you you crazy person you know you need to have a have a timeout and think about what you've done (laughs) and i mean that happens in pride and prejudice that happens in these asian dramas where they're like you know what i can't deal with you yeah i think you know these women they especially what happened with you know star wars um when ben offers the galaxy to her basically is that you know she rejects that offer and basically doing that it in a way it encourages him and influences him to be a better person 
you know, mm-hmm. he thinks he has everything. Like, what could you not want? You know, like, this is everything, but you don't want that, I guess. And <laughs> they're really confused. And she just wants him not to kill her friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes him, like, think about, like, okay, then what is it that she wants? Like, like what is it that what do I have or what do I not have that she wants you know and it it forces them to look into themselves and think about what it is that's missing or what they're not doing yeah yeah and in Darcy's case he fully does the full monologue admitting that you know he was a selfish person all of his life he grew up with the right you know education with the right background with loving parents but he was selfish to think that his life um should not be in the service of others mm-hmm. yeah and i think and um so after like i think he's going to he um kylo i think he's going to end up maybe going back to in the beginning of the rise of skywalker i think we're gonna see him try to like go back to the way that he was before ray I think, obviously, at the end of The Last Jedi, we see him reflecting on the fact that he's really unhappy. And that's the last shot in the movie. But I think he's going to go back. He's going to be like, okay, well, I think he is actually searching for Rey, according to Galaxy's Edge canon. And he's looking for Rey. But I think he's he's going back to what he's always well not always but i think he's going back to his force awakens pre-ray kind of mask which obviously the mask is a big representative of that (laughs) um and i think he's going we're gonna see the reflection on screen we're gonna see the change on screen that's why i don't think we're gonna see something like ben being all like oh i'm sorry ray right away because we're gonna have to see that process in his mind we're gonna see what he what finally snaps him out of it and i think it's gonna have to do with palpatine perhaps but we're i'm very excited to see that so. I think this is a good spot to even add, tell or say what JJ said recently about Kylo, um, his quote where he says that Kylo Ren feels like he hasn't arrived. Even as he becomes supreme leader, he is wanting. It's like anyone you know who thinks that when he arrives where he's going, he will feel fulfilled. For Kylo, the hole only gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in Force Awakens. We saw that with Han, Han's death. And then we saw that again once he became Supreme Leader with Snoke's death. He's like, once I get rid of these people, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be good. My my psyche's going to suddenly be miraculously repaired because it's something <laughs> that just snap. It just snaps like that, right? It's not a process that you work on your whole life. <laughs> but I think he's going to get a rude awakening. And that's what we're going to be seeing. Yeah, I... I actually don't know. I feel uh, they're definitely laying it on thick that he's like, I need to find the resistance and I need to find Ray and get, you know, any information, you know, it's very um, (laughs) Vader at the start of Empire Strikes Back, which is really fascinating. Like Mm. it's almost, it's almost repetitive, but he's, there's this one scene in the, um, was it the Allegiance comic that came out just recently where he uh, finds out information and Hux is like, you know, and w- yeah. why should we follow up on these leads? And and in, in Empire Strikes Back, like, uh, 
Vader chokes that guy, <laughs> whereas <laughs> he like straightens his collar. And to me, that's yeah. really purpose. That's a purposeful change um, because we're reminded of the choke, but he does something different. So it's yeah, it's the ring change, right? It's the change of the of the rings of the story, right? So it's you know it is like that. It's the same thing, but you know what? The outcome is different. Yeah, yeah, and I think we're gonna see that obviously um through his we're gonna see basically what the piece that little Anakin had at the beginning of the Phantom Menace. We're going to see that at the end, I think, of The Rise of Skywalker with Ben. We're going to... Well, obviously, it's not going to be, like, completely, like, I'm fine. I'm psychologically okay because there's so many scars that he's going to have to deal with. But I think maybe perhaps we're going to see him being ready to work on those things and, like, he's going to finally... His arrival is going to be Ben Solo, (laughs) essentially. He's going to be like, I'm back. I'm here to process my trauma. I'm <laughs> here to be a good partner with Ray yeah. and help the galaxy. I think that and- he has just not given up on the resources that he has access to to try and solve the problem in his own way. And this is also something you see quite commonly in Asian dramas is that the guy tries to solve the problems for the girl and he ends up failing miserably because the key is uh the key is that he has to become a partner with her yeah yeah and okay that's a good segue into our next um (laughs) our next theme which is we titled it hope is like the sun and we've obviously done the sun thing with s-o-n not s-u-n and then we've also it's also a redemption uh, theme so this is a redemption Although the whole part of it has been redemption, but anyway, so um, do I have the ability to talk about twin sons for a moment? Yes, yes that's what that's what I was gonna, gonna transition it to that. Um, so we see a lot of the as I've said, uh, we see a lot of the sun imagery in the Force Awakens and in the Last Jedi. In the Force Awakens, it's whenever, um, obviously there's that huge star that um the uh what's it called. Starkiller base is sucking mm-hmm. the power out of and the resistance is emphasizing that once the sun is out there's no hope or mm-hmm. there's no there's no way they can defeat the f- the next um the next destruction of another galaxy but um or system another system they, but um what happens is that whenever han and kylo are on that bridge obviously you can see the light reflecting on his face like and whenever that light goes out kylo kills his father and that's Mm -hmm. not something that he knew from the beginning that he was going to do as jj even clarified he's he um decided on spot and the -hmm. sun is like heavy um um, it's a way for them to show us visually what is happening in his head i mean obviously Mm -hmm. we see what's happening like does that make sense? Obviously, we see his face, but also right. the sun is another symbol for it. And then in The Last Jedi, we see him on his knees. He is sad, and the sun is shining directly into this very dark room inside the cave on um, Crate. Mm-hmm. And that's where we leave him. And there's that phrase from, you know, Leia Organa, who um, she says, hope is like the sun. Um, if you only believe in it, when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. 
And Mary Claire, do you want to talk about what we've seen from the Rise of Skywalker in terms of sons? Yeah, so it's it's really fascinating, like seeing the lead up materials and the lead up marketing um, specifically. Kylo and Rey are being associated with the twin sons, the, mm-hmm. you know, binary stars of Tatooine. So it's like they're saying something specific with the imagery. Um, so every time we see them together, they have two lights behind them. Um, Rey is the bright white light. And Kylo is kind of the oranger, redder mm-hmm. sun. Right. And these are the two sons from from Tatooine. And what's really <laughs> driving me kind of nuts is that <laughs> um, literally like to call them the binary sons is to like say that they are the force thing. Mm. Because yes. binary yeah. sunsets is the other name for the force theme. Also, Obi-Wan Kenobi's wow. name. But that is... Like that is the theme that is played over the binary sunsets that Luke sees in when he is, uh, you know, making the decision of what his future is going to be. It's like kind of his I want moment. I want adventure, et cetera. Um, and that plays over that moment. And that's the first time that we actually hear the force theme within the saga. And from that point on, the binary sunsets have been associated with major moments in the Skywalker uh, line, right? So uh, we see them at the end of, you know, Revenge of the Sith when mm-hmm. Baru and Owen and little baby Luke, little baby Luke, are <laughs> are looking out onto yeah. the binary sunsets. Um, Luke sees them when he dies in mm-hmm. The Last Jedi. Uh, like... To me, what is happening is that symbolically, they are saying that this is Anakin and Padme looking over Luke. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Luke sees the binary sunsets on a planet that we do not know has binary stars... It's I think really it has been stated that that I mean, uh, okay, Actu cool. does. Yeah, cool. But it's the exact same stars. Like, yeah, the the he sees them. He realizes that the sacrifice that he has made is to save his parents. Yes, and um, yeah. I think in I think in a draft of A New Hope slash the regular the Star Wars uh first movie the Star Wars because <laughs> it used it was originally titled Star Wars, but yes, Star Wars, in A yeah. New Hope, I think in the draft there was a. There was um, the part of the wills. Obviously, the wills are the, um, I guess, storytellers. There was a prophecy that was the son of sons, and it's been attributed to Luke. And it was basically, I don't know the exact wording of the that draft, but I think it was the concept was that Luke was the son of sons, and that he basically he was the chosen one um, in this mm-hmm. draft. Obviously, he's not the. I don't know if he is the chosen one anymore. I don't think so, but um, I think it's Anakin. But I think it's indicative of the f- sons. Like I think George must have been thinking that in his mind that the sons were his parents. He is the son of sons, and using this imagery is really interesting. Especially yeah. um, at the end of the Last Jedi, he's his 
Okay, this is what I noticed because I was trying to reply to a tweet of um, Mary Claire's on uh, the What the Force Twitter. And it was basically me looking at the screen grabs of screen captures of uh, The Last Jedi. And so as Luke is dying and he's looking at the suns, I think it's really interesting because Rey is the one who look. She's the last shot before Luke completely dies is Rey. You only see one son at that point. Yes. And then yeah. the other son appears and then you see Kylo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in between those spots, it's Ray, And then it's you see the twin sons. And then you see Kylo. Kylo. And what is Kylo doing? He's marching into crate as um, Anakin did with the, the clone troopers or the stormtroopers in <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Why do I have a Star Wars podcast? <laughs> He's marching in the same exact manner. And yeah. what does that tell us? I don't know why I didn't think about this before. Um, but it basically tells um, from a reincarnation perspective, which you could listen to an, the episode of Reverse Anadala on what the Force um, she did one with um, Chelsea North Gallus, I think that's her yeah. um, Twitter, mm-hmm. and um, they talked about how, um, at least symbolically, know, Kylo and Rey are fulfilling the roles of Anakin and Padme to complete their story. I personally yes. think that they are going to go there. I I think it I makes do too. the most sense to mm-hmm. to say at least part of and and one of the things like hmm there was a there was a a book i recently read uh called cruel beauty by rosamund hodge and it was a retelling of beauty and the beast and part of the soul of the beast was split away from him into almost a shadow version of himself oh wow and after in a way a reincarnation of beauty in the end her and her memories are rejoined and so we have the two people that have been split recombined together finally together and if you think about it in star wars terms what do we always see stay uh, stay away from the power coupling stay away from the power converters whenever ray or ray whenever han and leia get together they're messing with these uh what are they called? They're the um, um, power couplings. Power uh, yeah. couplings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the power couplings. And then in the in the Phantom Menace, during that long, um, the long the pod race. racing scene, which people probably tune out, there's this moment when one of the engines in Anakin's pod race thing completely dies. And what happens? Baby he transfers Anakin power to the uses, other one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he transfers yeah. the power from one engine to the other engine. And I think that while it's easy to be cynical, like, oh, it's just a running gag in Star Wars, I think George has honestly been thinking about this, if not from the original trilogy, definitely from the um definitely from the prequel trilogy. And I know he's like quote unquote not in charge anymore but I think his ideas still are very important to the Lucasfilm team and I think it's interesting because um, if you think obviously reincarnation we've probably talked about this before already but it's it's the um, concept that basically whenever so Vader his one deep desire was Padme Mm -hmm. so whenever he finally let that go and used his own self he was selfless in saving his son um i think the 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 basic concept is that 
you know, the force did some strange magic, <laughs> strange <laughs> magic, uh, and um, brought him back and probably is like, once again, um, Padme's probably coming back. And my thoughts on that is because of the force cave scene that Ray has, where there's a million rays snapping. Um, but yeah, how this leads to Kylo is obviously they're going to fix what's... He's going to finish what Vader started and fix the family. So one thing that I've spoken a lot with Matt about is uh, this concept that Anakin left work undone by dying. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, how interconnected the Force is. Like literally, if you look at yourself as separate from the Force, so we're a character within the galaxy far, far away, everything is the Force. There is no difference in the Force between you and your neighbor, between you and the ship, between you and the rock, the tree, the droid. There is no difference. So we are all interconnected. In Hinduism, um, there's a there's a concept of bodhisattvas, and the con- the idea is that they there is a person that can reach enlightenment, but chooses to delay heading to nirvana so that all people who are suffering in the galaxy can reach enlightenment first. To me, this really begs the question of if there is no difference in the force between everything and everything else, then there is no difference between you reaching enlightenment and the entire galaxy reaching enlightenment. So no person can move on past the suffering of the galaxy without, you know, staying and trying to fix the problems that are here. And that's what force ghosts are. They're choosing to stay behind and help the galaxy from what is going wrong, right? That also means that there is no difference between life and death. Yeah. Yes. There is no difference between, you know, going into one, you know, becoming one with the force and not with the force. It just opens up all sorts of foresee related possibilities. And that, to me, reincarnation in whatever form they decide to express it in is entirely possible. And that Vader left an open wound with his daughter and with the galaxy and with everything that is still left to be done and you can't kill Palpatine we've already seen that we cannot kill him so what are our options forgiving (laughs) Sheev Demption Sheev Demption Sheev Demption yeah I really think um you know especially with the reincarnation bit um, there's an excerpt from The Last Shot where Han is talking about Ben and he said, little Ben looked up groggily, those dark eyes settling on Han, studying him. Han had no idea how a two-year-old could have such ancient eyes. It was as if Ben had been waiting around for a millennium to show up at just this moment in history. 
So like they don't need to say and like they didn't need to say any of that <laughs> first of all in this in this book but it's just really telling how it seems like just for that just from that excerpt you can just kind of it kind of implies that Ben's whole life is something is going to happen like there's a he's already on a destiny you know he mm-hmm. he's on some sort of journey already and he is, you know, in this moment, he's just a little baby. And, you know, he already has a purpose that it seems like the force has him on, like, to go and do some something. Um, and it seems like there's this moment in time where he is going to be needed to do something, which, you know, obviously we can kind of assume or speculate that it could be, like, rebalancing the force, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> I think it's interesting because as you were saying, if about that concept, that Buddhist concept, I think it's interesting because um, mm-hmm. of course, everybody's suffering is one person's suffering. So everybody like the galaxy is never going to find peace until the Skywalkers find peace. And that's just the Star Wars. The Star Wars is the Skywalker family being destroyed and coming back together. And yeah, so I think that's really important to the story, obviously. It's the whole galaxy. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. It was Buddhism. Oh, my pet brain is tired. Um, I also think that, you know, it's really interesting if you look at that um, scene in Crate and there's Kylo in his, uh, in his command shuttle and he literally watches if he is sort of fulfilling the role of Anakin Skywalker reborn he gets to see both of his children born because he gets to see Luke Skywalker walk through a cave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also Leia is born right after that. And he was never there for those situations. He was never on the same planet. He was never uh, able to be there because he was being turned into Darth Vader. He was sealed into a walking coffin at the time. And on top of that, we never really got to see him um, with Obi Wan. We never saw that reconcile. I so that's the, that's the word that's gonna get me today. Um, we never saw them make up. So I think obviously there was that Force mm-hmm. Ghost scene where they were right by each other. But um, I think it's going to be fun to see um, the fact that if he is reborn Anakin, and even if he's not, it's still symbolic, and he has Obi Wan's name. And I think that's very beautiful because mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, even though not by blood, he's very much a Skywalker in terms of he was Obi-Wan's, or he was Anakin's brother. He was Anakin's father figure mm-hmm. as well. Right. He raised Anakin. Um, he's so, still very much part of the family. They did treat him like a family member. I think it's interesting, too, because um, those are that's a figure that we don't really, well, at least I don't obviously think very much think of as a skywalker but also padme is someone who isn't whenever people talk about the skywalkers they don't really talk about padme they don't really talk about han and Mm -hmm. they are all harmed by everything obi-wan he was harmed by um obviously the falling apart of his relationship with um and the lack of trust between him and anakin padme also about the concealment where they had to hide their relationship where he 
um, Anakin at that point in the Revenge of the Sith after learning about the child and learning about the fact that Padme would die Anakin no longer took her words into consideration and that's like you know he Anak or Padme was like hey I'll be okay don't worry about your dreams and mm-hmm. obviously Anakin wasn't into thinking about her feelings and I think in terms of Ben we're gonna see him thinking about Ray's feelings and how she should feel and on top of that with Han we see um, Vader he's the reason Han dies for the first time <laughs> he puts him in that um, what's the it called carbonite? carbonite why do I have a Star carbonite, Wars podcast yeah. <laughs> he puts him in a carbonite and then in the um, in the Force Awakens we see Ben literally killing Han so all those three yeah. figures are figures that haven't had proper closure in the story and we have that with like luke and luke and ben are basically anakin and uh obi-wan and also obi-wan and ben have the same name and then we Uh, see (laughs) we're gonna have to have a a, something's gonna have to give with han and uh, ben even if people think that obviously han some people think a lot of things will make a lot more sense if reverse Anadelic happens. Yeah. <laughs> like like <laughs> naming like naming Ben Ben Solo was, the la- the only hope. Know? And yeah. um yeah, in terms of Padme's story, it's really unfulfilling. Like I'm very critical of that aspect of Revenge of the Sith because it makes me mad when I think about all the cut scenes mm-hmm. from Revenge of the Sith. I love the movie. I'm, I I love the story George Lucas was telling, but I think it was lacking in parts. And I think Padme's story got relegated to like the background. And I think mm-hmm. it might have made sense to him narrati- nar- narratively. And I think with Rey, if she is like, she is symbolically already the uh stand in for Padme. So I think if they fix that, like which they will, and I know nothing bad is gonna happen to Ray. And I think that her being the key to fixing the galaxy's problems is like really like I don't know. I, I find it so fascinating and I love it. Like I love it for that aspect of it. I love all aspects of it, but that's the specific aspect that I'm always leaning into because I'm just like so unfulfilled by Revenge of the Sith. So unfulfilled by Padme's <laughs> well, story. Yeah. I feel like there there does especially that one part where, you know, she you know, she dies and, you know <laughs> they they'd say that she died of a broken heart, you know, and it that that just screams that there's more to it. There's more going on there that they didn't really go into <laughs> and maybe on purpose the per- the crazy part is whenever anakin or vader asks where is padme palpatine already knows that she is dead he has not had contact with anybody he just knows so i think mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious what happened there no matter mm-hmm. I-, I know it's been years and i know george lucas <laughs> has never talked about it because not many women interview him and discuss padme i feel like that's more of the film that's the more film media's problem than george lucas's but there's such a lack of padme resolution to her story that i think it's it only makes sense if whether reincarnation or not something's gonna be fixed and well everything's gonna be fixed in the rise of skywalker and that's why i'm very hopeful for the movie we even like chris terrio in that um I forgot which magazine or what article it was, but he said, you know, in the next movie, 
the there's going to be a few questions that they are going to address and one of them is like who is ray and who is she like spiritually not just who she is like lineage wise but who is she like in like i really interesting how they brought up the Goosebumps. word like spiritually yeah like what does that mean i mean i mean a us, thousand generations live in you now yeah long i have i waited and now you're coming together is your and then I, mean, I didn't even put this in the outline but going back to ben because i know i've secretly made this kylo ren podcast about ray <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry honestly you can't separate their their stories right definitely that's, not that's the important thing is that you can't separate their stories without making either one of their stories make no sense <laughs> exactly yes so it's okay um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> But um, I think that it's interesting because in Rebels, in the um, World Between Worlds episode, we see the, or we hear the dialogue of, I won't lose you, Padme, in, interwoven between, show me, grandfather, and then it's like, I won't lose you, Padme, and, um, and Ray saying something like, we'll see each other again, I promise. Obviously, I don't have this on paper because I am not quoting it as right. But it is like those words are all mixed in together. And then I won't lose you, Padme. And then Ray being like, we'll see each other again, I promise. And I will finish what you started. Oof. And so I think that I think that, that spoils like that the Rise of Skywalker, you guys. Like, come on, like there has to be intentional we know it's intentional so like what is. is the actual goal here like come on like i just you know it's i I know some people don't agree about you know reverse Anidala and everything but there's just so much like i know that we don't have a lot but there are a lot of really interesting telling things that make no sense unless you look through it through the lens of reverse Anidala. The whole story makes complete sense <laughs> if you look at it through reverse on the dollar. Why did, why did Leia feel Ray and hug her first? Why did Luke, why was he like so shocked at Ray and acting like, who are you? Like he felt some familiarity with her. Yep, and like she's she's super um uh like like worried about him on the island too like be careful yeah. like it's and it's that crazy. scene the be careful scene you see a nest of a mo- mother porg with her child yeah that is yeah. something that ilm Ugh. has to add into the story I didn't catch so that. it is on purpose You're yeah right. and Ugh. and one thing about ryan johnson and you 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 notice it more and more when you rewatch it and you're trying to look through the like symbolic lens of what they're saying as as things are happening every time something is said from a character perspective uh it is reflected visually on screen with ryan johnson so yeah as they are projecting their shadows in the hut uh they are projecting their you know psychological shadows on each other you literally see the shadows projected of each other on the walls yes (laughs) oh my god is their hand touching um you know as as they are oh there's there's a ton of them and i've covered them before like the projection stuff in the in the shadow episode i did with ty but like the projections and the and the symbolism like a crate when the wounds are opened 
you can yes. see all of the wounds opened and then the red. Uh, it starts to heal as the as as the, the uh, change of the comes scene. out between right. Luke and Kylo in that confrontation it starts to heal throughout the course of that confrontation fascinating stuff from a visual symbolism perspective so I would put it past them by putting a baby and a mama porg in that scene (laughs) yeah the more you look at reverse anadala the more it makes sense yes and if we think about the sun imagery why are they the suns when even though it might not be a canon thing luke is called the son of sons <laughs> like why are they being pulled positioned as sons you know tatooine is one of the most important planets on the most important planet in star wars like the whole the skywalker history so the fact that they are mm-hmm. positioned it makes them look like they're like if Luke's looking out into the horizon, into the twin suns, hoping for a greater purpose in life, those two are his purpose in life. And that could be from reverse on the dollar, they're his parents, or it could just be like they're the ones that are destined to be the hu- the heroes, the ones that fix everything, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And if it's not and we know it's not Anakin and Padme because they um they weren't quite successful in getting rid of Palpatine so it can only be these two and I don't know it's just so interesting Mm. oh man and everything that they've been releasing like Vader Immortal there is oh my god Vader Immortal is actually so interesting because um the lady's husband is stuck in between he's stuck in between two worlds he's stuck in the middle like Mm -hmm. He's his. He has not died. In 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 her effort, in her effort to save him, he she trapped him between two worlds. Sorry, between living and and death. Right. Yes, and Vader Immortal is this VR video game where we are the descent. We we as in the player is a descendant of um a old ancient family from Mustafar who um the matriarch of the family lost her husband so what she did is she stole the bright star which is kind of the magic aspect that keeps mustafar mustafar used to be a living planet and so she took that life source from the planet or the people the or the people from the planet to try to bring her husband back and we don't know what killed her well we know that her husband fell in battle but her trying to bring him back ended up cursing the family and now he is stuck in between two worlds and um i think the whole story is basically a metaphor for vader and padme and if we don't know if this family is um well they are force sensitive but i don't know if the man who fell in battle was force sensitive i just know that um he was able to be between two. Actually, I think he was because doesn't he have that lightsaber? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the- yeah. So there, there's a family lightsaber within the within the the castle, Lady Corvax's castle. There is Corvax, a family right. lightsaber. Yeah, which I mean, very much like could represent the legacy lightsaber and taking it up. And, yeah, and things like that. I I have a lot of theories about um. The bright star itself being the healing element of 
the saga. Yeah. <laughs> you are fulfilling this role. It's not clear whether you're a guy or girl. You're just the player, right? And you are the yeah. descendant, so much like Ben Solo. You're a smuggler. Yeah. You're a smuggler. You're like Ben Solo in that you're coming across this and you're discovering your legacy as you go. And um, one of the one of the things that Vader requires of you is that you learn the path of the dark side to be able to complete this mission for him, which is finding the bright star and giving it to him. And you find out because you're sneaking around the behind the scenes that his goal is to uh, bring the bright star back to the Aeon engine. Aeon being like you know eons or forever mm. or you know <laughs> what that is right uh right to bring back padme and he has this moment where he reaches out and he's looking into almost like a mirror and you actually see uh that scene from revenge of the sith where padme is telling anakin that uh she's pregnant and it, she disappears and then he screams and like crushes the room but he actually at that moment takes his helmet off which is incredibly symbolic that he wanted to actually be anakin in front of oh, her yeah not mm -hmm. not the mask not the coffin not the dead boy he wanted to attempt to connect to her living spirit to living spirit and he was unable to and so his whole goal and his whole goal in the both vader comics is to try to connect with his past and he is stuck and he keeps on making mistakes and in in the course of vader's storytelling you absolutely see that the key to him is reconcili reconciliation with his wife look at me not being able to say the word either. <laughs> look what you i did, passed Danny. that on to you <laughs> But it's it's reconciliation with his wife, and he gets that through reconciliation with his son, right? That's that's indicated quite heavily in the Vader twenty seventeen comic, as well yeah. as the fact that you know he actually starts to make different choices once he is aware that his son exists and that he has that confrontation with him. And I think it's interesting because um, in um, Rebels, there's this quote that it says restore the past redeem the future and it wasn't until vader was able to finally let go of his past and that he is a what well, from a reincarnation perspective it's not until he let goes of his past which is padme and tries to help luke live and quote-unquote kills the emperor that he's able to like go back to trying to you know be with the love of his life but um that's mm -hmm. just I don't know. Star Wars is fascinating. It's just so we won't know until so December officially. Yeah, what the story is, right? We won't know until December what officially the story is and what what they've been telling us. To bring this back to Kylo, mm -hmm. which is it's all involved in Kylo. Everything is Kylo, but <laughs> why is Palpatine the big bad in Kylo and Rey's life? Like, obviously, I can. I think it, the, uh, the answer is more obvious from a Kylo perspective than it is from a Ray perspective. If you just think of them as they're like without the reverse and it all apart. But like, why is he back? Why did they have to bring him back? What purpose does he have to impact those two's lives? Like, 
Is there any way to think about this without thinking of reverse Anandala? <laughs> Why did he wait for them to come together? Yeah, All he said, this- like, long have I waited. <laughs> but what for what? Like, what is, what did he, what is he specifically yeah, was waiting it- for? Wasn't An- why is he even alive? Wasn't Anakin the chosen one? Isn't that what George has said in several interviews that Anakin was the chosen one? So- well, and then there's that one interview, uh, Danny, that you showed me where, in the in, in an interview, Mark Hamill did say that I don't know if he meant this or he did this by accident. I don't I don't think he said this by accident, but he did say that Luke believed Ben to be the chosen one. And I don't know if that's something that he yeah. thought as an actor. I don't know actor. if that's his own, like, you know, headcanon. Yeah, or... it's hard to tell. Yeah, It's hard, yeah. Yeah. But we do know, one thing we do know is that Ryan talked to Mark so much about Luke's arc. So that has to be included, I imagine. Like, talking about who he thought right. Ben was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, back to yeah. Palpatine. <laughs> Why is he the main bad guy in this movie? And we could go into our uh, trust speculation from here since we're already yeah. there. But um, yeah, it's like... I mean, I have a big theory, could... but... Oh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the big question in the whole saga is essentially the patriarchy it's the destruction of the feminine it's the feminine aspects of the galaxy have been destroyed or taken over um you know live planets have become dead planets through the through the force of the empire and the thing that palpatine wants is what palpatine always wants he is afraid of not having control so he seeks absolute control over everything and the only way to have absolute control over everything is to be the force i don't know what happened to him (laughs) as a kid or whatever but something in the past happened and now his reaction is attempting to control everything and i think that involves life and death it's a very classic trope for bad guys where like I'm the main example that I always use is Voldemort. Mm -hmm. Voldemort wanted to be the master of death. He split his soul in seven pieces so that he could definitely, he could like survive forever because he did not care about humanity. He gave up his humanity because he wanted to be a power that everybody had to reckon with for their whole lives. Cause he was his number one thing that he was scared of is dying and death. And I think that, in the story in Harry Potter, what ends up happening is Harry, who is the hero, he ends up getting what Voldemort did not or what Voldemort wanted. So Harry is the one that becomes sorry, spoilers for Harry Potter. Harry becomes a master of death and um Voldemort at the end ends up losing all his horcruxes, so his soul being split in seven didn't even like wasn't even a foolproof way of him surviving because he ended up being back to his normal self with one soul and what ended up happening was harry was like show some remorse (laughs) show some remorse so that you can finally be okay and inward with yourself no matter even though he destroyed everybody and he obviously killed harry's parents harry still saw the the 
well he, i don't know he still saw the, he wanted him to see the potential that he could be like good he, mm-hmm. I, a lot of it's kind of arguable because a lot of people just say that he just wanted to say that to make voldemort mad but i think he genuinely was looking at the good in people because that's what usually heroes do you know he was right. showing so, him compassion and he wanted him to to not be destroyed in the end yes because mm-hmm. he saw in harry potter he sees what voldemort will be if he um ends up i guess dying he'll just he's just a little child a little child under a bench in uh, a train station and um he sees that and he's like okay well maybe maybe just maybe he'll finally see the error in his ways and harry never even uses the killing curse against um voldemort so i think it's very indicative the fact that um you know as i was saying like a classic bad guy trope is to want immortality because you can't face death Mm -hmm. because you can't face the idea of letting go of um all the power you have and um in terms of uh sheev or palpatine i don't think he understands that the power of love can bring where the fact that no one's ever really gone i think that's so funny Mm -hmm. that it's spoken by the heroes of this story no one's ever really gone and the guys who can see the light who embrace the light they end up being force ghosts so that they could be these immortal beings meanwhile palpatine is just trying to like he can't see that like do we even know if he knows how to become a force ghost i don't think he can because i know i know he can't but right but like yeah does he know like do we know if he knows about force ghosts i think that um giving yourself over to the force is the ultimate um it's like you're relinquishing trust to the galaxy and again that's to to the idea that i i think he just wants absolute control and that ties to like the sith code and kind of it's all of these things that are an extreme he also doesn't believe that there is a greater purpose in the force he doesn't Mm. believe in like say the will of the force so Mm. he's like the weave or he's like the will of sheev (laughs) the will of sheev yeah the will of sheev is all that matters right (laughs) and so i i i still think it's beyond life and death i i think that if he felt like he could gain control through you know dying he would have already i don't i i i don't think that it's just the absence of death that is preventing him from say you know letting him hang on i think it's a fear of it's the, the it's all of his problems that come from fear and george is very clear that the dark side is comes from being afraid of something so and it's really interesting yeah, That's so it's really interesting in it. how in the trailer you have Luke and his voice saying like facing or or confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I asked like, what is Ray afraid of? Uh, on Twitter, I was like, what is Ray <laughs> afraid of? Because to me, her her journey is is being afraid of who she truly is yeah and 
a lot of people are like she's afraid of being alone you know mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of that so i think you know if you kind of listen to all of the trailer oh, voiceovers it's like yeah she's like no i must go alone at one point like okay <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe maybe she's actually afraid to let somebody in who right. can actually help her i don't know well i guess we'll find out Hmm. But how, yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole, there has to be some connection between Sheev and Ray for this to make sense to me that he's the bad guy because the best villains in history, they mm-hmm. always have a connection mm-hmm. to the the main hero. They're it either makes it more some, personable. There's some relation to them. Right. Either the hero was the reason the villain I mean, I, became I, I the villain. I think it's the classic dark versus divine union like triad, right? Where the evil yeah. villain wants to possess the ultimate power of the feminine. And like, I love that Snoke quote where he says, you know, as darkness rises, light to meet it. But Kylo ain't the darkest thing in the galaxy. No. He's not <laughs> even like... He's like a Luke Gray. Like he's like he's like a <laughs> lukewarm Luke gray. Like he's not even really the darkest thing in the galaxy. Sheev is described as a literal black hole in the force. So if Ray yeah. is rising to meet the actual like darkness in the galaxy, she will be so freaking powerful. Yeah. And Ray I is. think I think that um, Yoda spoils this, actually. He says, lost Ben Solo, you did. Lost, lose Ray, you must not. Ray is the key <laughs> to... He... Mm-hmm. Think about it already. Like, in the episodes in The Clone Wars, where he learns how to become a Force ghost. at the la- It's the last episode of The Clone Wars. The last minute of The mm-hmm. Clone Wars. He says that he has seen a solution to saving the galaxy that Palpatine, or the dark side, like is blinded to. And I think he might not be blinded to Rey's power, but he is definite- definitely blinded to, like, all the goodness inside of Ray. Do you know what I mean? Like well, how Ray is. Um, it's proven. It's proven in the saga that Palpatine can't actually see love. So when, mm-hmm. um, right. when Luke goes to the moon in Endor and uh, Vader immediately goes and tells Sheev Palpatine that, hey, you know, <laughs> my son is on that planet. Uh, right. Sheev is like, are you sure about that? i didn't said anything and we know this that kylo he does see the goodness in her heart he sees you know the love and everything and it's interesting because that's why he is going to like narratively speaking he's going to be as you said like darcy he's gonna change or he's gonna adjust his behaviors so that he could be good enough for ray where in terms Palpatine the op- he wants to do the opposite he wants to like possess her so he can just overtake yeah. her power and like not even think about any of her um goodness and on top of that we're gonna get if we get Sheev Demption which I think is the only way that the story can go we're gonna see Rey literally being like 
forgiving towards Palpatine. We're going to see Rey somehow do something that is unexpected with Palpatine. And Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be shocking and controversial for the audience, too, because we know Star Wars audiences love blood being shed. But um, (laughs) yeah, I think. That's we know the that he between, can't. Yeah, he no, can't I agree with you. I, I think traditionally, that he can't be defeated by death. Like that's right. That's what's going to be proven by the rise of Skywalker. Long have I and waited? And it's not even like killed. Especially, and if he it's was, not even yeah. just that. I think it's even the fact that they have already killed the bad guy. Yeah, like, in like this trilogy, we can't defeated. have the same solution already again. Like there was this interview with Daisy Ridley where she was talking about Kylo killing Snoke, and she makes sure to emphasize that Kylo killing Snoke was still a horrible act, even though he was saving mm-hmm. Ray. Like it was killing is not the answer. George is not a person who condones killing. So it's just interesting because we're. I think even Kylo would not be satisfied if he were to like kill Palpatine. Like his the whole Skywalker thing is about healing and letting go. So I think he's going to let mm-hmm. go of all the anger that Palpatine all, all the anger he has towards Palpatine about like his family and Darth Vader and all that stuff. So I don't know. It's just really interesting how this story about a war is really going to be solved by peace and love. Like, God, yeah. it's so radical. It is so radical. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> and it's such a huge capitalistic endeavor. And you can't divorce that. But, like, just the fact that they're putting this in a movie that's called Star Wars is <laughs> just so beautiful, I think. Uh, yeah, I I agree with everything that you've said. It's I don't see... It being satisfactory as far as like an ending and uh, a something that actually answers the questions posed in A New Hope and in The Phantom Menace, which are both kind of two different jumping on points, right? Mm -hmm. What is the problem of the galaxy? Um... Not enough people help each other. Not enough people help each other. Yeah. Right? There isn't enough love around. We don't care about each other. And I think that that question in and of itself will be what is answered in The Rise of Skywalker. And will help make the trials and the suffering. Because Star Wars is incredibly brutal. Yeah, it's for 12-year-olds. But it's also incredibly difficult characters die there's tons of suffering but what does it all mean well it all means that there has to be an answer at some point which is obviously kylo dying right (laughs) uh Uh, yeah i actually don't know if we're gonna get anyone dying (laughs) well yeah kylo will die but ben will uh but you're right but kylo will die and ben will live so you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was going to ask. Is Kylo going to die and stay dead? And on top of that, would that make any sense for the story? And like just staying dead. No. I know. Well, no, right? <laughs> no. no. I. It's funny because I don't know if like Kylo and Ben to me are not different people. Like it's just. No, the they're not. No, I he, know. No. He, like people, people like to say that you like carry are, your mistakes with yeah, you your whole life I actually that's I the think whole it would point be more powerful if he said like i need to be called kylo from now on because i want to wear this name i think that would be actually like very 
<laughs> very powerful from a I wear my mistakes permanently kind of <laughs> yeah. atonement perspective. But um, I don't, I, um, mm, he, he can't die. Like, it, in my opinion, I think that it says if he dies, people will complain. If he doesn't die, people will complain. So they might as well let him live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. way of looking at it. And, uh, you know, like, and it also tells, and I've talked about this a lot on my podcast, like, mm-hmm. it says this is all about, you know, a lens by which kids can view how to get past the problems of growing up. Right. How to make mistakes and live through them. And I think Kathleen Kennedy has talked about this, and specifically with Kylo. She There was this quote that Slimo posted from 2015 about how it's really interesting, or Kathleen Kennedy mentions that he's different from Vader just from the sense of the fact that he's 30 years old. He's young. He has not lost a limb. He has not lost his arm. He just has a scar, and his scar has faded significantly in the new material from The Rise of Skywalker. We see the fact that he struggles so much with the light. We really didn't see that very much with Vader. He has, while yes, he participated in the genocide of this Hosnian system, he was still not like the one that pulled the lever, whereas Vader, he was the one that was kind of... He wasn't in charge of the Death Star. I think that was the other guy. Why do I have a Tarkin? Why do I have a Star Wars podcast? (laughs) But um, like there's so many differences from him and Vader. And I think it would be. Okay, so there's this quote from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez where she's talking to radicalized um, people on the internet. And, you know, you know, the, the radicalized right side, like politically and she's talking about how she's talked to her the mothers of those children and she's like your she's talking to them directly in this speech and she's talking about how if you feel lost your mothers are here for you they want you to be loved they want you to come home and i think that's the story that star wars wants to tell us because yes okay i don't pertain i don't particularly subscribe to the whole comparing him to an all right guy but um, if we are doing this i still think even me as like a mexican person who am completely totally opposite of those people i still think that they deserve if they want it if they want it that they deserve to be forgiven and you know use their whole lives or maybe not their whole lives but go about their day trying to fix the mistakes that they've made and help others and i think that's more powerful than being like yeah those people deserve death because that's not how we are going to function as a society because there's that one video that you shared on twitter marie claire mm-hmm. where it talks about how everybody is one the way you treat your oh, neighbor the, the way you treat everybody else we're oh, all yeah. one that's how the earth that's how we progress like it's not about treating yeah someone horribly it's about treating people with dignity and like i do understand these people cause a lot of pain it's not as simple as being like okay i forgive you whatever but that's the whole process of living that's the whole process of redemption Mm -hmm. and being active in the fact that you feel bad about your past mistakes and even in a lesser extent there's people who like have so many like have hurt people just like in terms of their relationships their personal relationships with other people and they're like okay well i can't do anything about it because this person 
has been harmed so i must be a monster myself because of the, how i acted towards them but if you i think that's a way for the society like i already said there's a way for society to move on and progress and it's not in being like hateful and spiteful but it is in being trying to fix the issues that have previously come across in like humanity and everything like does that mean it's, it's I about mean, recognizing I know it sense, but... ourselves in others it's about recognizing mm-hmm. yeah. ourselves in others and it's about um understanding that there is no difference between us and that to hate another person is to hate a part of ourselves and yeah. so how does that make any sense um, and i think that you know yeah. if if other than all that that you go you both have said that i think that if ben does live it would be yes more impactful to me if he lives rather than just dying at the end whether he redeems himself or not right before he quote unquote dies um just leaving letting ben live and possibly helping others too because he he would have like the best experience you know out of everyone about like dealing with the dark side and the issues that you you know come up with in life you know regarding parents regarding you know everything he's been through he can tell that to others and you know he's already gone through those experiences and he has the best you know um he would have the best answers for really anybody and seeing you know if lucasfilm or you know disney do, do try to go down that path you know he would be just seeing him go down that you know journey of you know trying to f- um you know find himself again like post all of post tross and all of this and trying to get back to or trying to be the person that he wants to be um, while, like, you know, it'd be great, I think, if, and, you know, obviously people don't know, like, what he's, if he does live, like, what is he going to do afterward? Is he going to, like, exile? Is he going to live freely? Like, obviously we don't know that. Um, But if he does decide to help others or people come to him for, like, you know, guidance, you know, that'd be really powerful to see, you know, from a storytelling perspective and also, you know, for kids and people showing that there is hope, you know, like if you do decide to change your ways and live a better life, you know, there is hope for you to, you know, help others and just completely change your life around and just live a, you know, a peaceful, fulfilling life doing, you know, what you've always wanted to do and always wanted to be. So I think that'd be a lot, a more impactful storyline for him at the end then yeah he's dead now and that's it sorry guys i'm just gonna bring it back to like the quote that i said at the beginning of the episode and this might be a good way to like tie it all together is like Mm -hmm. you know some of these stories have become myths with the potential to guide and inspire generation after generation of those who see and hear them (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's like (laughs) Letting Ben live at the very end of, you know, Tross and, you know, is it's the most powerful so, choice. Yeah, it's the most powerful choice. And it's, it's especially like for people, you know, coming into the story later on, like non Star Wars fans at the moment, but whatever, later the discovery and they watch all of the movies together. That would be like, that's hopeful. That's, you know, especially they keep saying it's satisfying, it's it's satisfying, it's hopeful. You know, they have to end on a good note, you know. And I just don't see that happening if they just kill Ben off 
but yeah you're right like it's it's everything together and i think that they have done everything in their possible um you know everything that they possibly could could to you know they have ray and kylo as the sons they have the fact that leia and luke even though vader um i guess redeemed himself and saved luke's life they were never quite okay like in terms of right. their relationship to family they were not okay like luke just literally left and did not leave a note for leia or han he just left and he came back and all the luke's the greatest hero ever um and i'm not saying that sarcastically like i genuinely believe that one of the best heroes ever but um we see that this family is not okay even if someone dies and is redeemed like they're not going to be mm -hmm. okay and you know the family might all be dead by the end of the rise of skywalker but uh, um ray is not going to be okay if uh kylo dies she right. sees him she sees the familiarity between them she sees how like they are she see he is her equal and her um her shadow too and everything but like they're tied together on the end of a string like they are each other's persons like they're soulmates so it's just like some so much of the story would be fixed and so much of they could have so much like a great future together doing like good for the planet and dedicating themselves as that like I think it's romantic, obviously, but even if it was just friendship, I think that right. they're like good. Yeah, they they because oh, because oh, there was that quote in the trailer where Ray is like, "People think they know me, no one does," and then Kyle's like, "But I do." <laughs> so I mean, if yeah. that tells you anything, I hope it tells people everything. But because it's there, and it's like everything that we've like Raylo's have analyzed and Kylo's story and everything is like coming to fruition just based on all the previews and everything they've released in terms of comics and the books we've been I new. don't know yeah we've been new <laughs> we've been new yeah so yeah anything else that you guys would like to say about Kylo Ben Kylo Ben Kylo Ren and I just, Skywalker. No, I'm just kidding I'm, 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 I'm just Mr. Just Skywalker so Organa okay. Chewbacca whatever I'm just so glad they chose to have a character like Kylo just in the sequel trilogy yeah. at all. And I'm glad that he was the he is a sky the Skywalker like in term instead of making Rey the Skywalker. I think it's really great that Kylo is a Skywalker because it's like all their mistakes is in that guy. <laughs> like poor dude, but I mean all of the Skywalker mistakes ever in both trilogies is in Kylo Ren. So I think it's great to like you know tie that whole family together and you know fix it through him i don't know mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's, it's the ahead. rep it's repairing inherited trauma basically mm -hmm. uh, right. inherited trauma of the of the family and it is how families with especially generational trauma uh, heal and let's see it live on in our fictional myth on screen and show people that they can move past the wounds of the past mm -hmm. wow this is gonna i think i don't know i'm i'm so i'm doing the <laughs> star wars marathon where you watch so the theater is gonna hold all the movies oh together gosh. 
So the at 8 p.m., I'm going to go in and start watching Phantom Menace. And by 5 p.m. the next day, they're going to show The Rise of Skywalker. Although I won't be watching it with a marathon. I'm going to go watch it with my friend because we bought tickets before that. And she's not going to do the marathon because not everyone's as crazy as I am. But um, <laughs> so I just know that I'm going to be so I'm going to either have a huge migraine or I'm going to be so overwhelmed by the how The Rise of Skywalker ends up fixing everything that has come before it so i don't know wow can you guys believe it we're here at the end i'm gonna start crying like (laughs) i'm just so so glad of all the characters that we've got in the sequel trilogy especially kylo and as you can already tell if you didn't if anybody didn't know like kylo is my favorite character just because of how like you know vulnerable and you know humanized they've made him despite you know everything he's done like they have not shied away from depicting him you know as this really troublesome person with him within himself and you know just getting him back to this place of you know redemption because obviously i think that's where it's going to go um i just love it so much and you know i i can't i could always you know praise adam driver but i think his depiction of kylo is also really great um it's just all great and i love kylo so much and it's just to say that if he dies i'm gonna be really upset and I don't think they're going that way, but yeah, I love him a lot. He is Can I say just one more thing? Because I'm looking mm-hmm. at the quotes that I got from Robert Bly's book, the little book on the human shadow, or it's titled mm-hmm. something like that. He says, so he says that the fifth stage in this long process amounts to the state of mind in which we retrieve the giant, retrieve the hero, retrieve the witch, retrieve the wicked child, retrieve our brutal whole process of retrieval could be called eating the shadow. So he says that the person who has eaten his shadow spreads calmness and shows more grief than anger. If the ancients were right that darkness contains intelligence and nourishment and even information, then the person who has eaten some of his or her shadow is more energetic as well as more intelligent. Um, So basically it's eating every part of the personality that you do not love about yourself to become one with yourself and accept Mm -hmm. yourself and you know it's a ongoing process that humans go through all the time but i think that's indicative of what might happen with kylo he's gonna eat his shadow as you know i read this book because i was watching a wit and folly which is ty black's youtube videos about the little boy with the horns about kylo ren so if you haven't watched that go check that out it's really good all right anything any last words you want to say mary claire gold um no i i just feel like Star Wars has done very little wrong and I trust J.J. Abrams <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I trust Kathleen Kennedy and I trust all of the creatives who love Star Wars and get it who have laid all of these lovely Easter eggs before us and when I discover them and I'll tell you guys one after the show but <laughs> uh, when we discover them they are exceptional and fulfilling and it's like completing the hardest New York Times crossword puzzle ever <laughs> And you realize, we're the scavengers in this situation, oh, yeah, and they're you, the people. You realize who somebody the- created that, and you're like, "I'm stupid." <laughs> they <laughs> created that, but I solved it! Yay! Like when you pick up on these themes and these motifs and the symbolism, and you see what it all says, and you're like, "Star Wars is good." It's Star good. Wars Star Wars is even- so good. 
even um, if you're not like a big fan of the prequels because of how they are executed, I think the story that George Lucas was trying to tell is very like maybe you might not like the dialogue, might not, but it's there. Like everything is there. Like he put so much thought into that, and Disney put so much thought into the new Star Wars and obviously the original trilogy. And I think that every part of it complements each other and i don't know that's why i love star wars so much it's just so good it's just very deep it's very layered and there's just so much you can go into it you know it's just a lot and they really could have easily made it like one dimensional and just made it for strictly kids and very i'm not saying it is for kids but it's just strictly only for kids or they could have just made it all about with this war but i really appreciate that they could try to continue what george was doing yeah all right guys thank you so much for joining us joining us on i think our longest episode yet on kylo ren and um you can follow us and oh thank you mary claire for coming on the show and we're unchaining you now (laughs) yeah (laughs) talking about kylo with us this conversation has been really so like i don't know it is kind of like a therapy kind of talk even though we were talking about a character but there's obviously so much that i personally project onto kylo that talking about this is very awesome um you can follow jacku broadcast at jacku broadcast on twitter you can follow me on mortis gods how can we find you melissa um twitter abandoned porg and tumblr abandoned sock and how will we find you mary claire so uh what the force podcast is available at kind of uh, well, uh, everywhere podcasts are found on YouTube and uh, whattheforce.ca. On Twitter, I'm at WTForceShow, and my personal Twitter is Marie C. Gould. So you're welcome to follow me there. Uh, I tweet a lot about Star Wars on What the Force Show, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and on <laughs> Marie C. Gould, I tweet uh, about RPGs. Uh, Asian dramas and miraculous ladybug. So, if any of that interests you, <laughs> feel free to to follow me. Uh, what the Force is a very, very, very meta Star Wars oh, podcast. I love What the Force. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. So, uh, if you if you like what I've said here, and you want to check out any of the episodes, they're all very, very consumable. I try to make evergreen content that uh, you know is applicable for now and in the future so uh you're welcome to to come out and start a conversation on twitter yay all right thank you guys we will see you guys on the next episode bye bye